0: Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business. And friends don't let friends feed kibble. Well, it is Monday, and you probably noticed that last week we were a little lax, because you know it was July the 4th, Dr. Andy. So uh, we're back this week.
1: Hello, hello, everyone. I hope you all had a great holiday.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And I hope the doggies didn't freak with the fireworks. But some do. Some do. Mine don't. But we didn't have any fireworks because we had so much rain.
1: Well, there was that. Right. I think it probably did help. Um, But where we live, we don't we don't have a lot. I listen to clients for weeks around the holiday that live like in the city. And it's it's abusive to the poor animals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We they're selling. Uh, fireworks in certain areas, but you can't shoot them off. So I'm not sure what that's all about. I guess you got to go to places where it's
1: been like that for years. And I guess the thought is you just don't get caught.
0: Yeah. But, (laughs) you know, I mean, you can go watch the fireworks in a safer place. We unfortunately uh, and fortunately live in a place that is, you know, trees, A lot Mm -hmm. of trees and stuff like that. So we like our trees. We don't want to go up in flames. Because
1: those trees are next to our houses. That's right. Yeah.
0: So I like my house. All right. So yeah. My house too. Yeah. There you go. Because you live in paradise. Mm -hmm. Paradise Hills. All right. Paradise Hills. All right. So Dr. Andy, today we're going to talk a little bit about bully breeds and chiropractic work. Okay. Now I can only guess why you want to talk about chiropractic work with bully breeds. But before we do that, what are the bully breeds? What are the terms used to identify these breeds? Cause it, they don't all just have the word bully in them. Boston Terriers, <laughs> actually Staffordshire Terriers. Oh, okay. um, those are also, in, a, I
1: also include boxers in there.
0: There you go. From the
1: chiropractic standpoint. The really heavy, muscled up dogs.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, they bred. Do you know why they're called bully breeds? Bulls involved.
1: Bulls involved. Okay. Tell us.
0: Tell us. Well, then that this is why uh, this is why they call them that because they were bred. Th- they're so tough. They say that they can take on a bull. Okay. So this refers to their common roots as guard dogs and fighters that were tough enough to take on a bull that's incredible that a dog could take on a bull i
1: came across a bulldog english bulldog ones that loved to chase cars and if he got a hold of the bumper he wouldn't let go
0: <gasps> okay no okay See, no so,
1: they, they're tough
0: uh, that that dog i'd be putting a shot collar on at least <laughs> his face go under the the wheel i'm sorry
1: yeah i don't i yeah yeah not not a good plan.
0: Yeah, not a good plan. A uh, plan, bland plan. You know, you know what else is in um, a a bully breed that you make? Pugs. Did you know mm-hmm.
1: that? Yeah, I think they lost their guarding ability
0: though. <laughs> they be- they become <laughs> they become lap dogs now.
1: Yeah, they're just kind of blobby, and they just kind of. I don't consider them in the heavily muscular group that we are talking about when it comes to chiropractic.
0: Let's put it that way. Right. Now, pugs need
1: to be seen. Like they have a lot of issues that would benefit tremendously from regular chiropractic care throughout their
0: lives. All right. So let's talk about this. Why do you um, think that this breed specifically would do well In chiropractic work, obviously you deal with these type of dogs, Mm -hmm. these muscular, and just a little plug for dog food, Dr. Uh, Andy. One of the things that I see with these type of breeds is that they look great on a raw diet. Mm -hmm. It really accentuates their muscles. It gets rid of that flab, that fluff, and their coats shine. When these dogs are on a pure raw diet, they look amazing. Just saying
1: they really do because they're mostly especially your Frenchies and your English um, and depending on the coloring of, oh, there's the bull terrier. There's the American bulldog um, coloring. They have a lot of skin issues that
0: do so good on a raw species appropriate diet. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about chiropractic care for these tough bullfighting dogs. i'm curious
1: why do you think i want to talk about it
0: um i think because let me just i'm just going to take a guess i don't really know but i'm just going to say that these dogs are short one
1: (laughs) they're muscular
0: two and maybe maybe their uh, range of motion isn't uh what it should be because they're so stocky no i think that their range of motion is what it is for them Okay, wait. Um, then give me, give me a second guess, because obviously that's not right. All right, well, it's not wrong.
1: <laughs> all
0: right, maybe they're so headstrong they don't know when to stop and they hurt themselves.
1: Ugh, they are headstrong. But I, 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 I actually, I, I do groan when I see them as a new client. Honestly, um, especially the English bulldogs. They do not want to do anything. I would like them to do. And you know how hard it is to hold on to 50 pounds of muscle and try and get an adjustment.
0: I know when those dogs come running towards me, I'm like, oh. okay, bend your knees. Cause they're uh-huh. about to take you out. Cause they uh-huh. are just like a missile coming at you.
1: Yeah. And you think they can stop that? Mm-mm. Especially when they're so heavy in the front. So they're Uh-oh. very heavy in the front.
0: Like, is that a clue? Is that my clue? They're heavy in the front.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, kind of. But I mean, look at those blocky heads. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of weight up there.
0: Oh, headstrong, head heavy. They're head heavy. They're
1: head heavy. They're They're headstrong. They're highly muscled. No, what I really wanted to talk about this is because I have been telling clients for years and nobody seems to hear me when I tell them. So I'm going to use your platform. They are so muscled up. They take longer to respond to chiropractic care because of that muscle mass. Mm-hmm. And this is, I have not learned that in class. This is what I have learned in my 20 years of doing this because bones are stupid, folks. I've mentioned this before. They are so stupid. They go where the muscles go. So when you are a heavily muscled up dog breed, I have to work extra hard to get those muscles to go, oh, you're talking to us. We need to relax over here and tighten over here. It literally takes two, three, four extra visits to start to see results on these breeds from chiropractic care. Wow. And 80% of all joint stability comes from muscles.
0: Okay. So, I want to I understand that a little bit better. Okay. Give us a kind of a visual walk us through why joint stability uh, is so dependent on the muscles. How's that work?
1: Well, they cross the joint. Right, so they let's cross go, the joint. They cross the joint. Yes. Okay. They're gonna insert across the joint, um, like the quadriceps on us and on dogs are gonna attach down past the femur onto the tibia. It's gonna support the knee joint. So let's talk about CCL tears, mm. collateral ligament tears in dogs. Everyone's like, oh, the ligament went. The ligament went. The li- Yeah, but you have eighty percent of that joint stability comes from muscles. So, get your dog muscled up, get your dog in shape, get your dog, you know, doing those fit pot exercises that we've talked about. But when we go back to genetically engineered dogs that are built like, you know, a bowling ball, like they're just rock solid, how much harder it is to diagnose a CCL? Because those muscles are going to take over, they are going to support that joint. Um, I've seen A couple pit bulls where we're doing chiropractic. This is earlier in my career. I'm much better at this now. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're doing chiropractic. We're doing chiropractic and nothing's changing. And I've had veterinarians do that drawer test, look at this knee. And it's not a CCL until, oh yeah, it was a CCL, but we couldn't find it below all that muscle. So my point is when we see something in these breeds, How long has that actually been going on because they've been able to compensate because of the musculature?
0: So that could be a good thing and a bad thing. Yes, it can go either way, right? So let me ask you this. Uh, Most CCLs, well, you can can heal them one of two ways. You can either go the conservative route, not do surgery, have your dog stay calm, do the laser therapy, wait until... The scar tissue, you know, heals over, which if you have one of these very, very active dogs, that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Because how long do you think that takes for that to heal over?
1: <sighs> a good eight to 12 weeks Ooh. to get a solid foundation. And, and I've seen it. I've seen it so many times. You get to seven and a half weeks. They're doing so good. You open the back door. They see a squirrel in there boom. And they rip it all open again. Yeah. And so conservative treatment or care or whatever of a CCL partial tear, cause if it's a complete tear it, 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 that body's not going to be able to um, form the scar tissue and bring those two parts back together of that ligament. It's, it's a, it's a commitment. It's a huge choice. And I, there's very few clients that have been able to pull it off, honestly.
0: Well, all right, but let's now go into the surgery. So Mm -hmm. what are they doing when they go in and try to repair a CCL? Now, I I will tell you that my cousin who had the little nine pound Yorkie, Mm -hmm. she did, he tore CCL because Mm -hmm. those little guys jump a lot. Mm
1: -hmm. They did the
0: surgery. Then they had to go do the other side.
1: So which surgery did they do? There are different types, folks. You actually okay, so, have choice.
0: So there's TPLO.
1: Yes, which is very popular in the region we live in.
0: Okay. And then there's another one that I don't know anything about. So I'm going to ask you and then tell us <laughs> the difference between the two.
1: The other one is um, tightrope or extracapsular. It's the old school surgery where this is very simple terms. They take fishing wire fishing mm. line of sorts. They grab one end of that CCL and they grab the other end of the CCL and they bring them together and they tie them back together.
0: So it's a fishing line that's holding it together now for the rest of their life.
1: Well, you said it earlier, scar tissue is going to get okay. in there. Okay. Scar tissue I started is gonna, Yeah. That scar tissue. And you know how tough scar tissue is? I don't like it, it's super, super tough. Like it, it's some, it's some, that body's amazing. And you can have scar tissue issues with stuff too. Not generally with this surgery.
0: All right. So you've got, th- this is a horrible visual in my mind. So you've got fishing wire holding ligaments together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's just say that the scar tissue hasn't formed and your dog goes out and run. In my mind, you're ripping out the... That's the possibility.
1: You're still looking at your eight to 12 weeks, but you have something else in there to help direct the body, support the body, um, to form that scar tissue in a more correct pattern.
0: All right. So the other, the other surgery is the TPLO and what, what are your thoughts about the, first of all, describe the TPLO and tell us what your thoughts are about that.
1: The TPLO is they pound plates. Into the femur and into the tibia.
0: And here, here's a question that I have for you on those plates. Mm-hmm. Those plates can also form bacteria. Yes. And that bacteria can cause a dog to be unwell. Yes. In many different ways.
1: Yes. So there's always a risk with surgery that bacteria will get in there. And it's, it's just a no. Known- for people. Yeah, yeah, it's just a known risk. It's just what it is. Um, you also run the risk of the body, and this is more my opinion, my point of view, what I've seen with some handful of dogs over the years, the body, and it happens in people too, can reject those implants. Right. It could just have a low grade inflammatory response cuz the body's like those are foreign we don't like that they don't like the the metal they're using i believe it's titanium in dogs and they use titanium in people because it has the reduced risk of issue i believe that's the metal um and and but you can have that low grade inflammatory response and some dogs do this i had a labrador Uh, I really wish I had gotten to him sooner. Um, He's not with us anymore. His name is Chief and he was delightfully crazy yellow lab. And he had both knees done TPLOs uh, by the age of 18 months.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: My professional, because I'm just the stupid chiropractor opinion, was he was actually having bilateral sciatica and pain down the legs. I don't actually think it was a knee issue because he had a lumbosacral issue. Um, which a lot of arthritis has set in. His confirmation just wasn't great. He just wasn't put together well. So I actually don't think he needed the sweet knee surgeries, but we were trying. And he's limping, and you know, one knee's got this red draining spot. And they went in, took out both those, took out all four plates. So all the plates out of both knees. And this dog did amazing for the next. I, I think he was with us six years. He he did not have a long life. He ended up dying of a cancer in the mouth. Um, I don't remember what kind, mm. but he did amazing. Like thighs of steel, running around with the other dog, did amazing. Um, but those plates were in for about a year because you can remove the plates after about a year, and I recommend to everybody go in and take those out.
0: Yeah, um, I because. I would too
1: because of the low-grade inflammatory response, because of the trauma. Oh, surgery's great. Let's just do surgery. They'll make it through surgery. It's a trauma, folks. Mm-hmm. You have the trauma of the injury. Surgery is another trauma to that joint. And when you traumatize bones, you upset their cellular balance. And I've seen quite a few dogs end up with bone cancer in the leg that they've had CCL surgeries in, TPLOs in. That's why I will not personally, my dogs, this is just me. I won't do a TPLO. I will leave the state and find somebody that will do a tightrope or an extracapsular. Well, they're the same interchangeable names. I won't do it.
0: I learned something today because uh, today uh, I didn't know the name of that, that surgery. So let's talk a little bit about um, what you can do to not get in this position in the first place. Number one, early spay and neuter, guys.
1: Early spay and neuter.
0: You know, and people are like, well, what's early? In my mind, I wouldn't spay or neuter until a dog was two or three. I, I mean, I really wouldn't. Let the, all their hormones get in there. Now, some people are going to say 18 months or whatever, mm-hmm. but certainly, guys, not eight months, not six months. Um, not eight weeks. Oh, That's my. where you run into really big problems. And yeah. I
1: get why shelters and rescues have to do it. I get it folks, but it is so detrimental to their long-term health. Um, and have we talked about what happens to the bones? Why don't you just go ahead and tell us? Okay. I'll tell you again. If, If you've heard this before, you know, um, so why spay and neuter when it comes to, um, CCL tears? What, what, what do those two things have to do with it? And people assume that early spay neuter, and let's talk about eight, 12 weeks, like a dog out a rescue, that's going to be a Labrador 65, 75 pound dog. Okay. We're going to neuter, spay them. It doesn't matter which one. Um, and they now have no hormones going, being secreted by the body. They probably have a little bit here and there, but they, those hormones shut off the growth of the bones. That means, oh, my dog's, you know, really tall and he got spayed or she got spayed early. I'm like, that's because they didn't have the shutoff mechanism to stop the bones from growing. It's not your animals going to be short. They're going to be extra long. And with those extra long bones, pulls and tugs on the muscle insertions, the ligaments, the tendons, and stresses the joints of the body because those bones are too long. Wow. That's what happens. Or they shut off in, you know, unequal. I, I, that's not the word I really want, but like the right unbalanced. leg will be longer yeah, than the left because we don't have any of the hormones. So the body's trying its best to stop the process.
0: And then people text me and say, hey, I need to know how much calcium's in the, uh, in, in the raw dog food because uh, it, my breeder says that it's going to cause my dog to, you know, grow too big or grow too fast. I'm like, yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Let's don't be worrying about real bone. And, uh, the
1: The body knows what to do with real bone. (laughs) That is biologically accurate. What, you know, like the body knows what to do with that. It has everything in it. It's not added basically Tums that they're adding to the damn kibble. Like it's calcium carbonate. Like that's Tums people. That is not it may give you a percentage of calcium in there, but the body can't use it. You're just peeing it out. Your dog's just peeing it out. So yeah. What I've noticed with puppies that are rough at, Oh my God, they grow beautifully, right? They don't have the big head. They don't have the high butt. They don't have this. They don't, they just, they just grow equally and beautifully. And it's, Oh my goodness. And people are like, they normalize the fact that, oh, they're going to be high in the rear for a while, or they're going to be, you know, here for a while. I'm like, no, that's just poor nutrition people.
0: Why are they high in the rear? Because of that issue that they're not balanced in their body or what?
1: That's just a nutritional. They're just not getting the nutrition they need. So the body's just kind of all over the place.
0: Your big high ass means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you see those more in your giant
1: breeds, your burners, your Danes. I mean, it can happen, you know, to, to raw fed dogs, but it, I generally, it's so minimal. Um, Because there is such a thing as growing pains. I don't know how we got from bully breeds to this, but there is growing pains in puppies. Like bones are, it happens in actually children too. The bones are growing and that kind of hurts.
0: Yeah. And they can. Yeah. yeah. So All I right, actually so
1: see puppies for that.
0: So we're going back to the bully breeds real quick, mm-hmm. cause you're going to have to go, cause you've got to see patients. Mm-hmm. Um, so the best thing for bully breeds, um, in order to help, okay. Solidify the body. So we don't have these CCL tears is to get them into chiropractic work and realize that because of their muscle structure, you're going to have to go a few more times. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And you're going to have to be patient. And it's not just CCLs. Do they have low back pain? Do they have front end? I mean, gosh, we could go into their neurology with their bite. We're not going to. But back to early spay neuter and kibble fed dogs, those are the two biggest risk factors. For tearing your CCL, your dog, your dog tearing their CCL later in life. So those are the the, two biggies.
0: So on the next podcast, Dr. Andy, can we talk about the head structure of dogs and what that means for their health? I mean, obviously, if you get a bully breed and you have this heavy head, as we were talking about this Mm -hmm. big old massive jaws and head, I mean, that's the way they're made. There's nothing you're going to do about that. However... There are things, right, that you can do to help them feel better, live a longer life, not hurt themselves in the future. So I'd like to talk about that on the next podcast. What say you?
1: That would be great.
0: We're I going also, to talk about-
1: Yeah, we'll talk about that. But I joke with my clients, if you're going to get one of those, basically your English or your French Bulldogs, you better have, they better have their own bank account. Uh-oh. They, they just, they have like chiropractic is going to take longer. They have issues. I mean, just how they're designed. These are not your wash and go.
0: I think we should put money, (laughs) we should, we should have a scale. We should say, okay, these type of dogs, this is what it's going to (laughs) cost you to feed them. Well, these are what it's going to cost you to, you know, keep their body in line right now. There's a lot of dogs out there that are just backyard dogs and that's not cool right that's not cool um but get over to see dr andy she's at animalmagiccare.com animalmagiccare.com you can go back and listen to uh the q and as on the lives that's over mm-hmm. at dr andy's world on youtube she'll be back after the summer and uh get your dogs on a species appropriate diet let's get all the kibble out you know i get these questions all the time dr andy what do i feed my dog who has arthritis well you don't feed him donuts and cookies it causes right?
1: inflammation, will actually contribute to the arthritis.
0: Yes. So we don't feed them crap. Mm-mm. We get them adjusted and we give them a good supplement like Jump for Joints. That is a mm. great one. People love that. You can get that in our shop right now. All right. Get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business and we're friends like my friend, Dr. Andy. We don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you next week talking about head, Dr. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye now. I will be here. Oh, snaps. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap. <laughs>